Hey, everybody. Welcome to Divorce Diary Show podcast. Uh, my name is Michelle Trina, and I'm the creator of Divorce Diaries. I've got makeup on if you're watching on my YouTube channel because I just had to record an audition for the Playboy Murders. I have... I have submitted for them a couple times and I've gotten a couple of requests uh, from the casting director um, and then nothing ever happens. So I have the bait, the, well, actually I sort of have my boobs out because I can't find my other bra. I have this underwear, I have this like strapless bra that's like poking at me, but there you go. The boobs are out sort of. Um, so I'd love to get the role. So I'm fingers crossed. These casting directors are so interesting. Like they're, they're either really super sweet or they're like, why did you confirm the audition without submitting? Like the guy got mad. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> he got mad about like me responding to confirm the audition. Like I wasn't supposed to do that. How the hell am I supposed to know not to do that? I don't know. Entertainment is so interesting. Like they get mad about the littlest things. I feel like I'm that way when you date me, you know, like I get mad about the littlest things. Like I'm a casting director for an audition, but it's okay for the casting director or the agent or the manager or whomever to do that because like they're in charge of your fucking job. Like dance for me, bitch. Anyway, hi. Um, so I have been trying to stay focused on my to-do lists and goals and, and sticking with my favorite man, Ed Milet, and what he preaches that I always, I, if you're just listening for the first time ever to this podcast, Ed Milet is my favorite motivational speaker. One of my favorites. Gary Vee is also one. And I've been uh, re-listening to his Max Out Audible tape, uh, or Audible book. Sorry, his Max Out book. I've been listening to the audio version um, just because I had to get my mind straight the last couple of days last week um I, you know i left i did two episodes this past week um because i felt like you know sharing a piece of the diary with everybody uh which was i had met a new guy and it was really nice but we were not like ever really dating like we met two months ago and we can't we couldn't even get to a first date because uh you know we come from two different religious backgrounds um I don't really, really even want to say that it's just the religion. Um, I feel like there was something else. Definitely there was something else I feel like now, looking back. I don't know what I could have really fucking done to, to really fuck this up. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, um, I've talked about it a couple times now. Um, not that I did anything to fuck it up. But it's just, it's, it's, it's not left a positive feeling in my body. You know, it takes me a while to get over somebody or some experience. And when I start connecting with another person again, I start getting very nervous that the same thing's going to happen again, or I start to feel when I start to feel like something's going to happen again, I know there's a danger ahead because my gut has not been wrong in the past. And with this guy in the very beginning, I very, I think after, right before he first said something to me, I started to feel nervous, like something was going to happen. And then it, it did. He brought this whole thing up about us not sure if he could get past it or, or whatnot. I just, there was, there was a moment where I felt like something's not right. But in the very, very beginning of just us talking in the first week or two, I was like, this guy's really like sweet. And it was weird because I had, I know I'm going backwards a little bit in what I wanted to talk about with like the Playboy Winners audition and dating. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did think the guy was going to be a little bit different, but he, he was in a way, but also he wasn't. It's the same, it's the same fucking theme of my life. 
you're so amazing, but you know, it's kind of like why I'm an actor. Like I, I, I get rejected all the time, but I thrive on it because it motivates me to get the part right for a divorcee who wants to find the real love of her life as a man, not, you know, my love of my life is my daughter, first of all, and my work, but the love of my life in a partner sense, I haven't really found that, um, which is why I did get divorced, which I truly feel like, you know, it wasn't the right person, I think, for both of us. Uh, and, you know, I am really still bummed about this guy. Uh, you know, your brain starts to do these weird things. When you end talking with somebody, you start to think, okay, so he's like over it now, right? Like he completely doesn't even think about me. Like I do that all the time. Like I still think, I'm like, so does, do they ever even think about me? Like as soon as I said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. As soon as I said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Were you like right on the dating apps? Were you like going on to Facebook dating? Like Facebook has a dating app or Facebook does dating now. So was he like on there? And like, you know, when you could see the person's green light on, you think like, who is he talking to? What's going on? What's happening? Like he's completely forgotten about me. And then, or like you think, even when you are talking to the person, do you start to think like, hey, how many other people are you talking to? Like, what's going on? That's how I get. And I think um, every, I think there's a lot of people that get like that, but they don't want to admit to it. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to speak for everybody on this planet. Um, this is why I don't want to date too, because there's so much involved with feeling out the situation. And I think I th like you have to figure out how many people they're talking to, do they really want commitment? Are they saying they want commitment? Are they saying they want a relationship, but they find something wrong with everybody they go on a date with or everybody they date? Cause I've been finding that a lot. Like some men are that I've in the last year that I have encountered, there was one of my friends who I went on a date with and he's like, I want a relationship. But then when I was like, well, I like you too. And he wanted to come into my apartment. I was like, no, we have to get to further know each other. Then he was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to get to know you like that. I was like, well, I don't want a friend with benefits. He's like, neither do I. So it's just not like the guys that do want relationships that I get attracted to that are attracted to me enough. They don't want a relationship with me. Like that's, it's just weird. And I, I, there is legit something off with my, there's, there's something, it's not that there's something off. There's definitely the universe pulling me in the direction of you are not going to be in a relationship if ever. Um, uh, it's okay. I'm, I think I was doing a bit about this in the shower. I was like, I am okay. I know I'm going to die alone. I'm all right with that. Because, you know, when you pop over to eternity, so there's a party going on. I don't know. You'll see the new bit is coming into the uh, Chicago show this Saturday. I've been working on it really hard. Um, and then I'm also um, tightening my bits. Um, I'm feeling mom guilt because my daughter's been on her phone for the majority of the weekend. On and off, I've been making her take breaks, run her routine for gymnastics, uh, read. But I'm on the screen too. Like I'm working, I'm marketing, I'm doing content, I'm recording my podcast. And I feel guilty because it's like, Michelle, you should take a break. But it's like, if I take a break, this is my break actually. I have to be very honest with you guys. I don't want to take a break. I like doing this. I really enjoy doing this. Um, I also really want to make more money doing it. Like I have to make more substantial income on this as a career because, oh, Shutterfly, 50% off holiday cards, free shipping and ah, fuck you. Uh, no oh, holiday cards. Oh, I never do holiday cards ever. I did holiday holiday cards. The first year my daughter was a bait, like the first year she was born. That was it. I think they're a waste of money, but that's just me, especially now that I'm very confused about any religious beliefs that I have that anyone's going to like love me or not love me for. 
No, I'm kidding. <sighs> now I'm determined to find like a hot Latin Jewish guy who is going to bone me on my period. Okay, so that's a bit of a... <laughs> There's like this thing where a Jewish guy can't bone you in your period. Uh, I don't know. My friend was telling me that. My manager was actually is Jewish and was like, he's like, oh God, please, Michelle. I was like, no, I'm just kidding. I need to have sex on my period. I'm sorry. I am really horny on my period. And if you don't fuck me on my period, I'm going to fuck somebody up. Not fuck someone. I'm going to fuck you up. You know what I mean? All right. So I guess I could, I could definitely not. I mean, when I was married, I never did. Like my ex-husband was skeeved out by it, but I when I discovered when I was dating the cop and he just turned me over and he's like, you got your period and like shoved his dick inside me. It was really hot. Now, if you're listening and you want to turn off, well, just wait a second. Hold on to that thought. It was, we had just gotten, we were dating for two months and we had this little fight and it was hot because we had made up. And then I was talking about if we technically are still dating anymore. And he's like, yes. And then he starts kissing me and I, I had thought I was pregnant. Okay. I'm not even kidding. I thought I was pregnant. And I start, I started to spot a little bit. So I was like, I guess I'm, I'm not, or, or I had taken a pregnancy test and I wasn't. And then like, I was at his house and he was like, uh, I think you got your period. And I was like, what? And then he just starts having like sex with me. It was so fucking hot. It was hot. Um, and you know, then we had to stop cause it was a little bit like a murder scene, but, um, I, I do this, I do a bit about the, the producer too, where it was, that's why I thought he really liked me. It was the first time he had had sex in two and a half years and I was on my period and we boned and it was nice. Um, and I kind of ruined his sheets. So, um, and then I sent him new sheets and he was like, sent me this video unpacking the sheets and telling me how much he didn't want to be with me. So there you go. So much for boning on my period. It doesn't do anything good. Um, but it does emotionally, like I am very needy in my period, needy, needy more than usual. This is taking a different direction. This podcast, what I was trying to say was now I, you know, have this little fetish with this, uh, well, I don't say a fetish, but like I had a thing with Latin men. Right. And then I met my friend who's a rabbi and I was like, oh, he's sexy and sweet and spiritual. And I want to meet a guy like that in the East Coast because this guy lived in the West Coast. And when I did ran, this guy randomly popped up at my show. Like I was like, this is Kismet. And then God was like, ha, just wait. Um, but I guess it just is. I am bummed about the whole situation. Like I definitely wanted to message him this week and just send a sad, a sad face, but I, he might hate me because, um, I don't know. He might hate me because I'm clearly talking about it on my podcast. Uh, and I don't think he'll, I don't, I don't know if he'll hate me, but he's a private person. So, um, I don't think it would have worked out anyway. Cause I'm not a private person. <laughs> I just talked about my period for the 10 listeners on my podcast. Um, no, I'm not. I like being an open book. I really enjoy that. I actually really need to be with somebody that doesn't mind that. So that, that was the other thing. I think I'm trying to push that away from really the problem would have been that for me like that, th there was, there's more for me to think about here was that it's not just about like him making the issue of the religion. It's really me, me not being comfortable with not being myself around somebody that, which is, which is irony in the fact that I did feel okay, okay with him at the most part. I just felt like this is going to turn into a huge, huge issue if I can't do stand up about my life with a person that I'm sharing it with, but he wouldn't even let me share anything really. So we, again, we didn't even get to sharing chicken fingers at a restaurant. So, um, it's fine, I guess. 
this Saturday is Chicago. I'm nervous because I want to sell out. I want to sell out for a couple of reasons because I want so many people to come to the show and enjoy it. Number one, I want it to be great because we are independently producing this for Amazon Prime, myself, my producer, David Voxmullen, and my director, Danny Reyes. And I want to profit off of it. It's my bit. This is my job. So, you know, if we don't hit certain numbers, uh, I get to be in a danger zone financially. Um, and I'm also funding this. So I'm funding the filming. So I am very nervous about finances and I'm sharing that because uh, it's just where I'm at. And that's part of the journey, you know? It's not like this is easy peasy. Yay, let me do what I love and make so much money from it. Ah. No, that's not how it works. But um, I'm thankful to have also a teaching job. I teach at a college and I have my theater company that I get to act and perform and help artists. So, so it's all connected to the goal, right? Of storytelling and um, using my craft to help people. But ideally I would just want to perform Divorce Diaries throughout my day. Stand up acting, that's it. Teaching will always be there. It's just that, you know, I think we all have to pick and choose what's the favorite out of everything. I mean, yeah, I think you can still get tired as an actor too, waiting on set all day and all that stuff. Those things do get tiring, but creating and performing on stage, there's nothing like it. And writing. So these, these, these last two years that I had transitioned from my teaching job have been good. But I feel like I'm still just above water with money. So I really, and I'm 41, so I don't want to do that in the next, I don't want to be in the same place in the next few years. So um, as I'm coming to the end of the year, you know, I, I'm starting to think about last year's place and where I was. I was really upset still from that producer guy that hurt me, that, that I felt, I felt like I spiraled out into emotional rants with him. I felt really abandoned by, I thought what we had was a friendship. Hence why I don't want to be anybody's friend that I have chemistry with, which is why I couldn't even say talking to this other guy who I, who I really did want to keep talking to. Like that's the, that's the irony is like, I'll think back, like I'll, I looked back at our old messages, uh, from a couple of weeks ago and, and he was like, I thought you didn't want me to talk to you or, or something. I forget what he said in the message. And I was like, no, I really want you to, but then at the end of the day, if it's not going to be my boyfriend or dating me, this is just going to go around and around in circles, which is why I said, no, you know, I know I can't talk to you. You can't figure your shit out. And if I'm not, important enough for you. If I am not important enough to be in your, like, in other words, if you like me, you're going to find a way for me to be in your life. If you don't really like me that much, I'm not going to be in your life. And I, I, I don't like when guys tell me, but you are special. And I really wanted this. No, I'm really not. I'm really not that special. If you cannot make simple like choices, like dating me or yeah, I guess the producer, his thing was the location and he just was in the headspace for that. So I can understand, but then, then don't fuck me. Don't have me stay at your house. Don't invite your friends to my show and make it like you like it. Just, it, that was a whole thing. Um, you know, with this guy, I felt like with the new, newish guy, right. Uh, I felt like if you really did feel like I was this, like you really wanted to explore me more, you would have taken this journey. I also think there's a lot of risk at hand when you're, you're not experiment. If you're, if you're in unknown territory, it's scary. Just like a lot of people wouldn't quit their jobs like I did to go pursuing an acting career. Uh, but I was an actor before I was a teacher. So I look at it like that, but a lot of people 
don't take risks because of the fear, you know, and I'm not saying like, I'm not a, also, I, I just start to feel insecure about myself when somebody makes like questions being with me. And I don't know how somebody couldn't, you know, how would you, I am secure within myself, but we all have insecurities and to keep, to keep bringing it up. It's like, you know, I don't know. I don't, it, it was very disappointing. And um, I would hate not to create from my life. If I can't be with somebody that doesn't allow me to create from my life, including the experiences with them, that is, that's a, like, that's, that's a, a rip at my soul of who I am, you know? And I, I was telling, and I said this in the last episode, I was telling you like, I won't do it if it makes you that uncomfortable. And I knew as I was saying it, like, so you're going to compromise who you are for this person that won't even date you because you were raised Catholic? Come on. But I, I remember, I mean, I even said this I, at the time I was like sick. I had a, no voice. I was tired. I was getting sad again. Cause I was like, is this guy even really like me? Like what is going on? That was a mess. Um, all right, so I talked a little bit in circles here, but the goal is to hopefully book this Playboy murderous role, fingers crossed, to hopefully uh, take a deep breath and know that abundance is coming with money, with, with professional gigs, with love, um, and that I already have a lot of it. I do, I have a lot for my daughter, for my family. Um, I have a home, I have a house over my fucking, a roof over my head and food and coffee. And like, I have stuff that I am very grateful for. Hmm. And yesterday I had a, a kid's show for my theater company, Propbox Players, that specializes in inclusion-based performances for children with or without special needs. And this mom was there with her two daughters who, um, I believe both were on the spectrum um, and different levels, uh, moderate or severe mild whichever what they were considered there were different uh severities of being i shouldn't say severities it's not the right term they were both on the spectrum and i'm not sure uh how she would label it if it was mild moderate severe functioning um but they were both verbal very sweet but um as a parent with special needs it's can be a handful it could be a handful as a parent but when you have a child with a with special needs or differently able child it's it, in the in the process differently right it is a handful for you as a parent as a human and i just my heart and can was with with her and i was hoping that i was doing a good job as a performer with these with these children and um i hope that she liked it so and it also puts put into perspective pers it puts into perspective what is important in life because you may be dealing with heartache from a divorce or heartache from a breakup or financial heartbreak, but I have never in my life experienced more fear and anxiety than when I'm with my daughter who is struggling. And I don't know what the next day is going to lie, like what's going to lie in the next day. That was probably has always probably been my hardest moment as a human. I've had other hard moments, but that's been the trickiest because you don't know and you, you'd want to fix it for your kid, you know? Um, so with that said, I know that whatever the love I'm supposed to have with a man and a partner will hopefully come in the future. Um, because I, I crave, like I said last time, I crave emotional intimacy and sex and both of those things combined. I can't just have sex and see you tomorrow, see you like, two years from now. I can't do that. Um, I want, I want the hot steamy sex and 
you to be there next the next day and show up the next day and the day after that and the day after that i don't i don't want weird conversation of what are we or you know i just this right now is a really difficult time like i don't want that and that's life so a lot it's out there so i just don't want it though i don't i don't want that i want easy partnership love and laughter and like no complications although complications is a part of life but like just seems like every single guy i tell a friend or a family member that i met their reactions now are like what's wrong with them because it's like my track hit it's like my it's like my track record is just awful (laughs) but that's why i do comedy so hopefully i um i you know i'm gonna be very transparent this is who i am i'm gonna be thinking about this for a long time (laughs) unless god himself jesus who doesn't hopefully doesn't hate me for contemplating my religious beliefs in the last couple of months um no he doesn't hate me jesus is supposed to forgive i'm doing a whole bit about jesus in my act now Jesus is like the friend you had in college when you guys were like, I'll never drop my friends for a man. And then you get a man and you drop your friend. That friend is Jesus. Jesus is like, oh, now you want to know like you know me? Now you're going to act like you know me? I love how I made Jesus' voice like a real housewife from Atlanta. All right. Well, real housewife of Atlanta. All right. So that's it for here. Now I'm going to be on a plane to Chicago at the end of the week. Hopefully their weather is good. And we have an investor screening. If you or someone, you know, is interested in investing in divorce diaries, season one, hit me up at divorce diary show at gmail.com. And if your name is Jack and you messaged me or emailed me, excuse me about a autograph picture and you didn't answer when I wrote back, Send me a reply because I took time to figure out what the heck I would do with those headshots and signed autographs. Why do people do that? Why do they email you questions and they don't respond to them? All right. Well, Jack, respond to my email if you're still if you're listening. And anybody that is struggling with your irrational thoughts about dating or divorce or being a single parent, I am here with you. Okay. Uh, keep living your happily ever divorced after. And oh. We will probably, we will, me, me, myself, and I will most likely record an episode on Thanksgiving because I'll be here alone. Not because uh, no one invited me to their Thanksgiving dinner. My family did, but I have to be packing for Chicago and rehearsing all day. So I might record a special Thanksgiving Divorce Diaries. And also don't forget, if you're not in Chicago, I am doing Divorce Diaries in Long Island at Governor's Comedy Club December 2nd. And I'm also performing back in Chicago, actually in the Burbs in Wheaton, Illinois, December 31st. There's an early bird ticket sale going on. Don't forget to get it. It's kind of hard to promote both shows at the same time because I really need both of them to sell out. Um, So I don't know. Maybe I'll meet a hot Latin Jewish guy who loves me for me and just really wants me to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. You know, this is why I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, Mauricio, Kyle's husband, is Jewish and Latin and he's tall. He's hot as fuck. They're like the most gorgeous couple. Okay, that's a sidebar. Love you guys. Keep living your happily divorced afterlife.